for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! Welcome in to the Blitz. As always, it is your host, Kane Schwartz. And I am joined by Tyler North. How you doing, man? Doing great. I mean, got to take a deep breath after that Monday night game. What a wild game. But uh, other than that, uh, exciting weekend, not only in, in football, but in sports in general. It, it's uh, it, like we said last week, you know, we're kicking into full gear and the sports equinox is, is coming full circle. But just what a wild weekend in the NFL. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm doing I'm doing great. I can't complain whatsoever. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's insane with all the sports going on right now. I mean, you got to flip back and forth from MLB playoffs to football. Yesterday, football was my primary concern, but I mean, the MLB playoffs is good as always right now, too. So got the got the Dodgers and Giants on late night here right now. So I just, you know, it never stops, basically. Right. Right. And speaking of the Dodgers, we've got our in-house quote. Dodgers fan. Oh, shut the Mr. Jaden Kozak <laughs> sitting here in his Dodgers hat. How you doing, bro? Doing good. I I can't do I think it's gonna be good that we don't have to pay attention to football till Thursday. So I can just breathe. Yeah. But hey man, our first win in a month. Go there you Steelers. Go. go Steelers. We watched the football team wasn't as fortunate. And the Vikings were fortunate. It's sad. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm the bummer part in this in this crew right now. But imagine not being a winner this weekend. Yeah, <sighs> yeah couldn't imagine. Even hey, Mitch got to win this weekend. Nailed, nailed my Marquez Callaway pick. Nailed it. <laughs> so I'll take it. I'll take it. But with that, we've talked a lot about it already. I mean, this Monday night football matchup, absolutely insane. And the final score in that one, 31 to 25, the Ravens, out of all things that could have happened, I did not see them coming back in this game, but they charge all the way back on the backs of Superman himself, Lamar Jackson. And I know, I know nobody's used to me, used to me talking about Lamar like this, but I can no longer doubt him tonight. He was absolutely phenomenal. They. This is the second straight week where a defense has game planned really effectively against the Ravens' run game. A Ravens' run game prior to this game who had 43 consecutive 100-yard games. And this was the second time that a game plan was put against a run that actually worked out. But Lamar, in the face of this adversity, I mean, I feel like I'm repeating the words that I said last week, but even better. I mean, in the face of this adversity, he's just like, you know what, if you're going to defend the run, I'll just go ahead and throw it. And damn, did he throw it. 37 for 43, which, oh my God, 37 for 43. That's phenomenal. 442 yards and four touchdowns. He smashed his previous career high in passing yards, which is 324 yards. And what has, I I don't want to say officially made me a Lamar fan, but what has like really... uh, I loved what Lamar said after the game because the, the post-game interview, um, I don't know who was interviewing him, but they were like, what it was something along the lines like, what made you 
like hey, your previous career high was 324 passing yards. Like what made you, what got into you tonight? And he was like, we needed it. And like, damn, that's a solid mentality for a quarterback. I, I wish, I wish, I wish I had Lamar Jackson on my team, but he's also effective on the ground, 14 carries, 62 yards. I mean, guys, I want to get your thoughts. I think Lamar has undoubtedly put himself into the MVP conversation, possibly top three. Jaden, I'll start with you. Possibly top three. Possibly. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. Uh, Personally, after tonight, and you mentioned before the show that this is recency bias, but Lamar is my number one right now. And I don't really think, I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a very crowded MVP ladder. You've got Allen inserting his name into the hat. Herbert making a stronger case, Brady quietly getting 400 yards and five touchdowns in Miami and Kyler still doing his thing in Arizona. But man, what, what I saw from Lamar tonight, like I've, I've been a Lamar fan for a while and that's really weird to say. And I'm sure it's really weird to hear knowing that I'm a Steelers fan, but it's so hard not to root for him. Just he's so electric and although he's a running back, Shut the hell up. It's <laughs> over now. It's over. Four. He had six incompletions tonight. Six. And this is the Colts defense isn't, you know, awful either. No. Like this, this is they a legit it in the defense. first half. Yeah. They, I mean, they had him on the ropes. Plus, you know, this is the whole conversation of if the Ravens get down, they can't come back because all they do is run the ball. They came back. They scored 16 points in nine minutes. Uh, uh, Lamar Jackson, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, period. Lamar Jackson. Done, end of sentence. Tyler, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I think it was 22-3. Maybe it was a 22-9 mark. Um, but I, I remember texting you guys saying, I got a weird feeling this game is going to have a crazy ending. And sure enough, it did. Um, I mean, we, we talk about what Lamar did in the whole game. But in the second half alone, he went 29-33 for 343 yards and four touchdowns that is absolutely ridiculous he's an absolute baller I know he did have the one fumble down at the goal line and you know there, there's, you're gonna have those headaches with him but you know like you said Jaden from a quarterback standpoint this guy can throw stop doubting him seriously stop doubting him in the past two weeks he's had uh, two out of his top four passing performances so if you want to shut down the run he's saying go ahead I'll throw it on you now I will say Xavier Rhodes got hurt I think Rocky Sin was probably out uh, Colts also lost another sa- starting safety in this game as well so the secondary was depleted but I'm not taking anything away from Lamar this man put the no. team on his back he won this game he's making like 1.6 1.7 mil so you got to start to wonder the longer the Ravens wait the more they're going to have to pay him because this contract is it, it, it's going to happen here what, what sooner it's got to happen sooner rather than later because if they wait till the end of the season he's going to get second largest contract in football in my opinion behind Mahomes but I mean you, you can't say enough about what Lamar did Hollywood showed up Mark Andrews had a game and a half uh, I think Andrews had 11 or 11 catches on 13 targets for 147 and two tutties so really using Lamar really I mean excuse me, really using Mark Andrews and really using Hollywood to his advantage. But um, the one thing that really stuck out to me is both teams game plan is to control the clock. Well, after regulation, the Colts had the ball for 30 minutes and 45 seconds and the Ravens had it for 29 minutes and 15 seconds, basically dead even. Um, So both teams did what they wanted to do as far as controlling the ball. But I mean, you can't say enough about Lamar. Just, I mean, I I, I agree with Jaden. 
he, he might be the number one. I, I have it as a coin flip between him and Kyler. And the only reason I probably give the nod to Kyler is because they're undefeated. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, no, don't get like me saying top three. I think there's a very, very strong argument for Lamar being number one. I mean, I, I have no words. This is absolutely ridiculous. Like compared to what I was saying earlier in the year, remember when we were having that conversation, playmaker versus quarterback. Like, oh yeah. That's out the window. That is out the window. So yeah, I'm a Lamar fan. Count me in. Count me on. Get me on the bus. Get me on the. Get me on the fan club. So absolutely unbelievable. But a good passing day. Not just a good passing day. A phenomenal, historic passing day for Lamar Jackson. As you mentioned, meant really good things for Mark Andrews, and it also meant really good things for Hollywood Brown, who started the game very slow who didn't basically get I, – I don't think he had a target in the entire first half, but he finished with nine catches on 10 targets, 125 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, he had that bomb up the sideline, classic Hollywood Brown. I mean, this – the weapons are there, and you got the quarterback. Like, it's phenomenal. So, good stuff on the Ravens' side as they move to 4-1. and one. But let's hop into the Colts. I mean, they drop to a – sad one and four after having pretty decent expectations coming into this year i will give the colts defense a lot of credit they contain the ravens run game which a lot of other teams cannot say for the past 43 times the ravens have played but they held the ravens to 86 yards on the ground which ended their streak after 43 straight 100 yard rushing games so Credit to the Colts defense on that respect. Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner played great tonight. Um, they had a really good game plan against the run. I guess they didn't expect Lamar Jackson to throw for over 400 yards. But also on the Colts side, despite the loss, Carson Wentz kind of showed flashes of his old MVP self here. I mean, 25 for 35, 402 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Tyler, I'll start with you. What do you think of Carson Wentz in this game? Do you think – Maybe he's back to his old self. I'm not saying MVP caliber, but he looked great tonight. Yeah, he did. Um, other than the one fumble that he had, um, you know, he, he looked very composed back there. Uh, you know, he had a couple of hiccups here and there, but for the most part, he played outstanding. And if the Colts had won this game, we'd be talking about how great Carson Wentz played exactly. um, tonight. And, you know, we talk about them being one and four, but I'm not 100% sold on Tennessee. So as bad as it's been for the Colts, I still, weirdly enough, would not count them out of winning that god-awful AFC South because it's it's abysmal between the Texans, Jags, Titans, and Colts. Um, I think they're – I don't even know. They, there's three wins, four wins combined between uh, those teams – or five wins combined between those four teams. So it's, it's a terrible division uh, and something that I think that if you are the Colts, you can kind of look at this game and take a lot of positives as hard it is, as it is. Um, you beat a team that – right now is now I guess four and one but you beat a team that looks to be one of the top in the AFC which you know after they lost their running backs and and had a couple issues on the defensive side as far as injuries between Ford Peters defensive line I did not see this coming for the Ravens so big kudos to the Ravens but uh, yeah for the Colts I, I don't think that it's it's necessarily oh gosh we need to win every single week but they, they definitely got to get the wheels turning here to get at least two I think they got to win three other next four and, and they are right back in it yeah, good stuff, good stuff. Um, other smaller notes in this game, uh, Jonathan Taylor finished with another solid performance after having a really good game last week. 
finished with 15 carries, 53 yards, and a touchdown. But his big highlight play was the 76-yard touchdown. He finished with three catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown in total in receiving. But another solid day for Jonathan Taylor, especially for fantasy owners out there. And it's funny enough because me and Jaden were having a conversation about Michael Pittman earlier today. And where's all that Michael Pittman slander now? I've liked the man since like week six of last year. And you were like, who, who even is Michael Pittman? Like it's Michael Pittman, but he finished with a solid game tonight and mossed somebody six catches, seven targets, 89 yards and a touchdown. So go Michael Pittman. Definitely going to be a part of that Colts future. So Hell of a game on Monday night, but we had some breaking news almost in the middle of the game, and that is John Gruden and the Raiders are parting ways. John Gruden officially resigned, actually, after offensive emails emerge. I mean, there was a string of insults that went over seven years in references to NFLPA executive director Demora Smith. Uh, he insulted Roger Goodell, and it was terrible, absolutely terrible. But I don't want to get into the political stuff because that's not the kind of podcast we are. But, you know, I'll let you guys go ahead. I, I mean, yeah, I, I don't I don't like I like Kane said, I don't want to dive into all the nitty gritty political stuff. But I just think it is really unfortunate because um, I think that that was a huge distraction over the, the Raiders this weekend and probably led to their loss, which good call on that, Jaden. I will give you the kudos for for calling that um, out, out of our podcast group, calling that win. But uh, it, it's it's demoralizing for this team just in general mm-hmm. um, because he, I felt like he had a great grasp of this team, great relationship with Carr, with the players, with the coaches. And it is sad to see, um, but we live in a society today where things that you did in the past are, are going to come back and haunt you. You know, this is – double-edged sword of social media where you have these things that are going to arise no matter what you say and there is a record of everything that is said uh of every second of every day pretty much so you know we've seen it with announcers um across the board tom brenneman comes to mind in cincinnati uh when he said his thing on the air um and it, it you know the list goes on and on of individuals that have had this happen so it you know it is really unfortunate but like i said with the society that we live in in today's day and age um these things you just you can't do and especially you know if it's on record and they've got emails texts whatever of it you're not going to get away with it and um it sucks but it's with with the Raiders they've got to move on Uh, it's going to be really tough for them and uh I think it's absolutely ridiculous that well not ridiculous but I think it's crazy that John Gruden goes before Urban Meyer goes because we had the whole talk with Urban Meyer last week and now John Gruden's in the news this week so who's next that's my question but um just just a, a terrible situation all around yeah terrible terrible especially for a Raiders team that started so hot so Jaden, I'll go to you. What kind of effect do you think this is going to have on this Raiders team going forward? Uh, Not good in the sense of, you know, this was a team that started out fairly hot. They did drop a game last week, but that, like Tyler said, could definitely be attributed to what's happened with Gruden. But any momentum that they have now kind of gets halted because he did have a grip on this locker room. He's been there for a few years and players knew that he was – a guy that's going to be there for the long haul. He signed a 10 year, hundred million dollar deal three years ago. And he doesn't get to see even, he doesn't even get to the halfway point because of what's just happened. Um, I'm a guy that's personally been critical of Gruden and, you know, also 
Mike Mayock's draft strategy. So maybe that slows down a little bit with John Gruden out of town. Um, but yeah, this definitely kills any momentum that they had. And now they're in a super tough division with two teams. Well, maybe just one team in the Chargers now that are legit Super Bowl candidates in the yeah. NFC West. Yeah, I mean, it's problems for the Raiders. And, and a guy of such high stature, like who would have thought like two weeks ago, like all of this would be coming out about John Gruden, who's worked for ESPN, who is one of the most notable head coaches in NFL history, like as far as like name recognition. But special teams coordinator is taking over in the interim. So we will see how it works out in Las Vegas. So with that, Let's move on to the rest of week five. We have to recap, and it was a hell of a week, despite thinking that, according to the slate, it wasn't going to be that great, but almost all of these games were close. And we'll start with the Packers and the Bengals in Cincinnati. Packers come out on top, 25. Bengals end up coming short with 22. Packers are now sitting at 4-1. and one. Bengals at 3-2. and two. And... I didn't watch a whole ton of this game. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, but Tyler, what were some of your initial takeaways? Yeah, um, I mean, this was, I guess you can say, a microcosm of what was the theme of the week, which was kickers. Um, both kickers really struggled in this game. Um, I know that Crosby went four of seven on his field goals. McPherson went zero for two. Five um, straight missed field goals before the game winner. Yeah, absolutely. It seemed like nobody wanted to win the game. Um, Also, really quickly, just with kickers in general, 13 missed extra points this week and and also 16 missed field goals. So 29 missed kicks this week, which is absolutely insane. Um, And obviously, like I said, this game definitely showcased that. But uh, the wide receivers put on a show. Can we start to consider Jamar Chase top 15, top 10 wide receiver in the NFL? Is he possibly the front runner right now for rookie of the year i don't know but i think he's got to be top three right now um the guy is showing that he does not drop passes like it was presumed earlier in the year uh and his connection with burrow has been above and beyond one of the best in football um not only that Devonte adams had a killer game as well i think he went 11 for 206 and one um aj Dillon was a surprising part of this game in my opinion he was a lot yes, more sir. involved than what i had perceived also big kudos last thing i'm going to say is big kudos to joe burrow got hurt came back in almost propelled his team to a victory he was going to be my game ball for the week but obviously the packers came out on top and and the Bengals are legit I, I really think that they can win this afc north i think they're going to give some teams some problems uh later on in the year but uh yeah packers obviously came away with the victory after a game-winning field goal uh which didn't seem like it was ever going to come in this game yeah that's the truth that's the truth but you mentioned jamar chase i mean absolutely phenomenal in this game six catches on 10 targets 159 yards and a touchdown and he had one of those classic jamar chase joe burrow super long touchdowns which ended up being a 70 yarder i mean He's been absolutely phenomenal and definitely outshining the other guys on that receiving core. I mean, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins combined for only 12 targets and 56 yards in this game. And Jaden, I'll throw it to you. Do you think there's a really solid chance considering 
what Chase has done so far this year and his previous connection with Joe Burrow, do you think there's a chance that Jamar Chase clearly runs away with this wide receiver core? Oh, uh, I don't know. He's, he's definitely the most talented receiver on this team, and I don't think it's close, but T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are both great starters to have on your team. A lot of teams would like to have those two guys, but when you have the connection like they do, and you've got the talent like Jamar Chase does. He's clearly the alpha receiver on that team right now. Yeah, yeah, agreed. But, I mean, this is something we predicted. I mean, both teams were struggling considerably on the secondary, and we called it out last pod that this was going to be a big game for receivers. And speaking of big games for receivers, Tyler, you already mentioned it, Devontae Adams, 11 catches on 16 targets. 206 yards and a touchdown. And I felt like that performance kind of went unnoticed this week. I'm not going to lie. Like 200 receiving yards. Very well. It, it went on. It went unnoticed because of the kicking game struggles. Right. That, that was the thing to, to take away. I feel like from this game is, is, is how bad the kickers were. One thing I will say about Cincy is they almost remind me a little, at least on the offensive side, I guess kind of on the defensive side, but they kind of remind me a little bit of Tampa with the receivers that they have a, a running back. Who's not great, but can be great. If you need him. obviously the quarterback age is a little bit different, but with the receivers, it, it really does remind me of, of a, miniature Tampa Bay that they've got going on in Cincy right now yeah I think that's a good comparison like definitely like a young version of that Tampa Bay team they just need right. to get better on defense but let's talk about the Bengals man I mean they fall a three and two in this one but they played the Packers a four and one team now to a very very close game I mean is there a legitimate chance for the Bengals to win this division? Now, the Ravens are sitting in four and one after their win, but you also got the Browns sitting in three and two after the loss to the Chargers, but they looked really good in this game, and the Steelers are sitting at three, two and three. So I, I just want to know, like, is there a chance that the Bengals win this division? Their upcoming schedule at Detroit, easy. At Baltimore will be a tough matchup, but then you got the Jets – at the Jets, and then you got Cleveland, which will also be a tough matchup. But, Jaden, I'll start with you. Do you think there's a legitimate chance that they could win this division? No. No? Not, not even a relative chance in my mind. I think that the Ravens, you know, are currently on the trajectory to win this division. And if it's not the Ravens, then it'll for sure be the Browns because they've played really well. They've just played – their two losses were the Chiefs and the Chargers and, right. you know, minor miscues could prevent a, or could give them a win in each of those games. And we'll get into the Chiefs Chargers game or the Chargers Browns game in a minute, but the Bengals finished the season with Chargers, Niners, Broncos, Ravens, Chiefs, Browns Oof. was their last six. That is That's quite the big. gauntlet. Not quite Pittsburgh's gauntlet because, you know, <laughs> but yeah, they might look nice heading into like week 11, week 10. They might be like tied for first or something like that because, you know, they are playing good football. Joe Burrow's well, how about wild card then? How about wild card? Wild card is realistic. I think they could definitely sneak into the wild card. You've got one of Ravens Browns is going to be in there. One of Chiefs Chargers is going to be in there. And then mm. you look at one of the Titans and the Colts, the Patriots, Denver, Vegas, I, Pittsburgh. I mean, how it's shaping up right now. Titans and Colts, uh, the 
loser there will probably not make the wild card but you know yeah, there's I mean, a lot there's, of season left it's, yeah play. i was about to say it's early we don't we don't really know but wild card I, I for sure think they have a chance how about you tyler yeah i mean real quick i wouldn't say at detroit is an easy game <laughs> i think that detroit is giving people some problems i would know you know with the vikings um and and the ravens snuck by them earlier in the year they gave san fran a run for their money too earlier in the season so yeah detroit i'm I'm not gonna say it's the nfl no game is a guaranteed win and that's what i've i've realized so far this year but um i mean yeah their, their schedule is promising coming up because you play two teams out of the division that are definitely on the lower end of the totem pole but then you've got two games in division that if you win both of those or even split it's going to put you in a good spot moving forward. So I, unfortunately I disagree with Jaden. I think that they do have a chance to win this division um, depending on what happens with these other teams. And I do think the wild card is definitely in the realm. I would not guarantee the chiefs being a wild card right now. They've got Mm-mm. an abundance of problems to say the least, in my opinion. And their schedule is not the easiest schedule this year. Um, they've got some, some difficult games in my opinion uh, toward the later end of the year. So I think the wild card is definitely in the realm and in the division. I don't think it's as far fetched as what some people think. Yeah. I mean, I agree with you yeah, just because like so far the Ravens are four and one, but can Lamar sustain this kind of passing production? Now I'm a fan. I'm not like, I believe he can, but can he, uh, there's not a great track record, especially from last year, of him continuing to do this. And the Browns have their own problems. Like, their defense got shredded. Now, granted, one of the best offenses in the NFL so far. But their defense coming into the game had allowed uh, – how about we just get into it? How about we just get into some Chargers-Browns talk? How's that sound? Let's do it. Sounds great. Yeah. So, Chargers-Browns game – I feel like despite this thriller on Monday night, this was easily hands down the game of the week. Chargers come out on top 47 to 42 over the Browns. I mean, what a high scoring matchup. Chargers are sitting in four and one after that dub. Browns at three and two. And biggest takeaways, what a fucking game. 1,024 yards of offense combined on both sides. More than 1,000 yards of offense in this game and 13 touchdowns combined. So absolutely unbelievable. Um, Jaden, I'll toss it to you first. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I only got to catch the tail end, and I still don't know how the Chargers got the ball back so quickly without using any timeouts. But we're just going to act like I do know why. Um, this – from what I saw, this game was nuts. Uh, I did see a statistic that no team has ever lost putting up, I think it was zero points and 40 turn or 40 points. It was 40, 40 points, oh, 500 yards and no yeah. turnovers. Yeah. And then like, yeah, there was there. No one's ever lost with giving or getting 40 points and giving the ball up zero times. And then they've won even more or won even less games. Like, it was something crazy with both of those stats. But I'm not overly worried about the Browns. Like, I've been critical of the Browns because they're the Browns, and I was critical in the preseason because they're the Browns. But I think this is just a testament to Justin Herbert. Mm -hmm. I mean, what he's doing right now is ridiculous. He's just playing on another level. He makes every throw that you ask of a quarterback. I don't think it's crazy to say that he's a top-five quarterback in the league right now. No. Not at and, all. Yeah. I, I, in fact, I'd almost say it's like, 
you know, top three. This is what it is. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I mean, he's doing literally everything. He's. I knew week one against us. Now, granted, quarterbacks have shredded us up this year, but I knew week one just the way he was throwing the ball. I was like, I, yeah, I was like, I, I'm pretty sure I sent it in the group chat in week one. I was like, Justin Herbert, MVP talks like this. Yeah. He's been very impressive. But you mentioned not a lot of panic for the Browns. Um, they put up a lot of points in this game. This was a hard fought game and they did exactly, they came out and did exactly what they thought, what we thought they were going to do. Um, the running game thrived as expected. Uh, Nick Chubb finished with 21 carries, 161 yards and a touchdown. So Jaden started the week hit right there. Um, Kareem Hunt, my star of the week, 12 carries, 61 yards, two touchdowns also had his receiving five catches, 28 yards, but also a very good start of the week that I had, but they came out and did exactly what they, what we expected them to do. And Baker's shoulder going forward for the Browns seems to have no effect on him. I mean, he went 23 for 32, 305 yards and two touchdowns. And I watched a lot of this game. Like he was throwing bombs, like, especially on that last Hail Mary, which that Hail Mary at the end arguably should have won that game. I think the, the receivers weren't looking for the ball. Like it was a, it, it was granted, it was like a hundred miles up into the air, but it was right there. Like you just put like the Browns receivers basically tripped over themselves. But anyway, Baker looked phenomenal in this game. Um, and you mentioned Justin Herbert, absolutely phenomenal. Um, Tyler, what you got? Yeah, um, it was Herbert's 11th career 300-yard passing game, which is the most 300-yard games by any QB in their first two years in the league, and we're only in week five. So I think that should tell you how good this quarterback is going to be, um, not only in the future, but in the now as well. Uh, it's not the same old Chargers. They're winning close games, which we're not used to. You know, the Phillip Rivers days, we were so used to, okay, well, Chargers have got a lead of three points with – Four minutes left. Can't wait to see how they're going to blow this game. That's not the case anymore with this team. Um, the other thing that really stood out is what was done in the fourth quarter. There were four lead changes and 41 combined points in the fourth quarter. So just an absolute offensive display in the fourth quarter. And one of the questions that I'm going to have is, can the Browns win a Super Bowl with Baker Mayfield at quarterback? I know he had all those statistics. Don't get me wrong. You know, the 300 yards passing, but it was more of a complacent factor. It seemed like down the stretch where he just handed the ball off and played game manager. Um, the other thing that really stuck out, two other things, the Chargers on fourth down are a team to be reckoned with. Brandon Staley has got some oh, balls. Oh, yeah, my gosh. Dude. They went three for three in this game on fourth down. They're now seven of seven on fourth down. And this isn't fourth and one, fourth and two. This is some no. fourth and eight, fourth and seven. He's playing. There was a fourth and 11 call in that game that they converted. They also went for it in their own territory in like the third quarter when it was a 14 point game. Whereas if you don't get that fourth down you're essentially handing them a field goal which makes it a three possession game at 17 points so uh, very very ballsy moves by Brandon Staley but hey you know I guess the guy knows his team and the other thing um, Denzel Ward got hurt Grady Williams got hurt in this game Greg Newsom was already out in this game so they, they were on their fourth and fifth Davion Clowney was out Miles Garrett got hurt at one point in this game mm -hmm. so the Browns were really depleted on defense which I think helped uh, you know aid the Chargers attack but um, like you said just hell of a game uh, in my opinion Kane you said it 
best game of the week. Uh, and it was a dandy to watch. It was an awesome game. Like I said, back and forth in the fourth quarter, just points on points on points. Mike Williams had himself another big game. Um, Nick Chubb had a big game as well. So I, I absolutely loved this game. This was such a fun game to watch. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we mentioned Justin Herbert. Let's just read off a stat line because it's absolutely crazy. 26 for 43, 398, four tuds, zero interceptions. And a lot of that was because of Mr. Mike Williams, who you just mentioned with an absolute bounce back Herculean performance in this one. Eight catches, 16 targets, 165 yards, two touchdowns. And I had a question for you guys. With Mike Williams playing the way that he is right now, and I think in fantasy terms, you want to get as much offense as you can in this Chargers offense. You want to pick up as much Chargers stock as you can. So I don't think there's cause for panic for Keenan, but if Mike Williams keeps playing like this, is he going to take a back seat to Mike Williams going forward? I mean, he had six catches, nine targets, 75 yards against the Browns. Jaden, I'll start with you. I mean... I think Keenan becomes much more touchdown dependent, which is weird because that was a term that we used for Mike Williams for a while. Um, he's he's going to give you six catches for like 80 yards a game and 14 points is fine, but that's not Keenan Allen. Yeah. It, and it's definitely not a guy that you were taking in your second and third rounds and drafts, you know, a guy that was, you know, maybe your seventh, eighth, ninth, best re- ninth receiver off the board. Uh, and Mike Williams is definitely not the 40th receiver off the board that people thought he was going to be. Guy is a legit top 12 PPR receiver right now. Maybe even sneaking his way into the top 10 as far as as far as like sneaking rest of season. his way. rest of season. I'm taking yeah. Mike or Mike Williams in the top eight. Easy, no questions, no debates. Maybe even you, top you, six. You think by week 17 he'll be in the top eight? Yes, 100. Okay. percent Right. No questions. Okay. I think, Tyler? I think, I think there's a little bit, cause we talked about it with Hollywood, uh, you know, where you're going to have those boomer bust games. And like you said, last week, he did have his down game. So you're going to have those down games at times. Um, but if he can Just stay like healthy, well, agreed. But if Mike Williams, and it's a big, if, if he can stay healthy, I do think he's, he's in my opinion, he's the most talented receiver on this team. Um, I think that Keenan Allen is a very dependable receiver. I think that you're going to get those seven and eight checkdowns to Keenan Allen, whereas you're going to have those 25, 30 yard catches to Mike Williams. But they did use Mike Williams with a little short catches as well this game, which was a little bit of a wrinkle um, that, that I hadn't seen before from the Chargers with utilizing Mike Williams. And he drew a big pass interference, which is definitely a questionable call for a lot of Browns fans out there um, on that fourth down play toward the end of the game. But um, But yeah, I think that you can depend on this guy definitely as a top 15 receiver the rest of the year, top eight, man, it's close. It's, it's close. I've got him in my like 11 to 13 range. I think when the season ends, just because I think that there are going to be those games where he doesn't have the big time games. Um, And like I said, I think with the Browns corners getting hurt, like they did, it just opened it up even more for Mike Williams to do what he had to do. If they go against stout defenses, that's going to be a little bit more difficult. Um, But against these defenses that are very depleted uh, on this, in the secondary, he's going to thrive. I, you mentioned Hollywood Brown. I would put Mike Williams in a totally different category than Hollywood Brown. Like as far as, uh, well, obviously, but he is not that 50 yard touchdown dependent wide receiver. Like he's not, he's not, uh, Mike Williams wouldn't be labeled as a deep threat. 
Like, sure, in this game, he was a hell of a deep threat, but and he is a deep threat, but he's not he's not Marquise Brown. He can do saying. more. Like he's not he's not dependent on those super long touchdowns. Like I think they're gonna get Mike Williams involved regardless, especially with his height and physicality. Like it's not boom or bust for Mike Williams. I think he's gonna get consistent production for the rest of the year, unlike Hollywood, who is very dependent on that big play. But I think Mike Williams is not dependent, boom or bust. He's not a Tyler Lockett. He's not a Marquise Brown. So that's my opinion. Good stuff. Good stuff. Also want to mention this game, Austin Eckler scored like fantasy, 40 fantasy points on me, had a monster game, 17 carries, 66 yards and two touchdowns. And his ball carrying ability at the end of the game was crucial. And running that clock down, and then he has the very smart play of sliding instead of running into the end zone. And, I mean, it takes off like – it probably ended up being like another 10 seconds because they ended up dragging him into the end zone anyway. But still, very smart play from Austin Eckler. And we're starting to see, like I mentioned it last week, this Chargers offense, if they can get consistent ball-carrying production from Austin Eckler, I mean, there's no limits to what this offense can do. Yeah, Eckler Eckler had – all three touchdowns that he uh, accumulated, all of those were in the fourth quarter. So he had a huge fourth quarter that really propelled his fantasy day and, and propelled the Chargers to win. Yeah. It propelled Kane to 0-5. I know. 0-5 in my big money league. It's very – don't know what to say at this point. It's in shambles, in shambles. I had a great day in fantasy too. Great day. But at least that's you neither. didn't score 170 points points and lose by 50 like lake did yeah this is true this is true but good stuff on the game of the week in our opinion but let's dive into the sunday night football matchup which was supposed to be an electric matchup but didn't end up being that way chiefs take the loss in this one 20 to 38 bills 38 points over the chiefs bills are now sitting at four and one chiefs are sitting at two and three. Oh my god who would have ever thought that the Chiefs would ever, ever be two and three in the next five years. But a lot of that, I'll go dive into my takeaways right away. A lot of this game depended on the Chiefs defense and they stank again. Jeez, I was good. The big debate in the, like, Jaden, you picked uh, changed your pick like last minute, last podcast. We were talking about this game. I said it was going to come down to defenses and I really like this Chiefs defense has not done anything they are horrid that was my exact words and that's what it came down to I mean they allowed 436 yards of total offense this game now for the season second most total yards allowed and the most points per game allowed at 32.6 that's insane a Super Bowl team does not do that does not do that and but after watching this game I think it's easy to say that Daniel Sorensen is one of the worst safeties in the league as far as pass coverage goes. Sure, he gets some tackles sometimes, but he looked absolutely brutal in this game. I mean, he allowed Dawson Knox to get just a tight end, to just get past him twice. Dawson Knox finished with like over over 100 yards receiving just because of Daniel Sorensen. Like, what you got? I called that. I, I did have him as one of my starts this week on our pod. Dawson Knox at tight yeah. end. So if you follow that. Good job. If you follow the rest of my picks, I do apologize. Apparently, Daniel Swartzen <laughs> was listening to you about Dawson Knox because he just let him like a tight end. Like he's not that fast. Like what's going on? And he was just wide open. 
like in the deep corner of the field. And then Sorensen's just like, oh, geez. Like he threw up his hands in the air and he starts running. Like, it's like, oh my God, what is wrong with you, man? I've watched, hey, this is not the first time I've thought this about Daniel Sorensen, by the way. I mean, and I, I can't imagine that this is breaking news to anybody. But anyway, I already mentioned it. They cannot defend the big play. I mean, 53-yard touchdown allowed to Dawson Knox, not to mention the other huge grab that he had to put him up close to 100 yards receiving or 117 yards receiving. Um, 61-yard bomb to Stephon Diggs ended up being huge. Um, 35-yard touchdown catch by Emmanuel Sanders, which was just a go route. Like, they cannot defend the big play. This Chiefs defense is absolutely horrid, and I don't see it getting better anytime soon. They were without um chris jones in this game but i don't think it would have mattered either way this pass coverage is just terrible but also let's dive into patrick mahomes disappointing performance on sunday night football he struggles against an emerging bills defense who coming into this game we were talking about it i mean on paper as far as stats go, they looked great so far, but they hadn't played the stiffest of competition, but they played the most high-powered offense in the league last night and held them down. Patrick Mahomes, 33 for 54, 272, uh, 272 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions, which is not what we're used to seeing out of Patrick Mahomes. He has six interceptions so far now on the year, which is just as many as he threw last year in the entire season. And I want to hear your guys' thoughts on this. I mean, he just looked terrible in this game. Like, sure, 272 yards and two touchdowns, but he was just missing wide open throws. Like, just wide open. Like, the big play was there, and he was just missing them. Tyler, I'll start with you. What do you think happened with Patty last night? Yeah, he also had a fumble um, as well. So, you know, three turnovers combined for Mahomes. And you know, I think we – I talked about this when they lost to the Ravens. That was the first loss for Mahomes in the month of September, and it was also his first interception in the month of September. And it's only gotten worse since then. Obviously, you know, they did what they needed to do against Philly, but in that Ravens game, in that Chargers game, and now in this Bills game, Mahomes has struggled, uh, which is uncharacteristic from him as far as what we've seen. And, you know, I think, Jaden, you brought it up as, as a topic of conversation. Two years from now, is there a higher probability that Mahomes will be the best quarterback in the league or is there a higher probability that somebody else will be and i think this changing of the guard type of thing is starting to come a little bit more evident the parody as far as quarterbacks in the league we're talking about who's mvp there's seven names eight names that you can throw out there that all are in consideration right now and i don't know if one of those is mahomes um to to put that into context so i think that there are some struggles on that side and what i've seen is these teams are just dropping two two safeties and defending against the deep ball and making them beat them with with short passes and uh, these receivers uh, outside of Tyreek Hill, even Tyreek Hill dropped some passes in this game, but these receivers are not able to hold onto the ball uh, like we thought that they would coming into Miko Hardman, especially. Miko Hardman had some crucial drops last night. No, no, Josh Gordon, he is back and he did have a catch. So good to see yeah. him. Yeah. Uh, I back, called back, that stat line. <laughs> back One for in 11. Back in the game uh, and, and registering a catch. So we'll see if that helps them out as, you know, a physical bodied receiver because they don't have that outside of Gordon. Um, but, yeah, I think there's some big concerns. And, you know, 
Kane, you touched on the defensive side, but I even think on the offensive side that there are some concerns right now for the Chiefs. I mean, one through 10, my panic meter with them is at like an eight, if not a nine right now. I'm very, very concerned about the Chiefs because they're two and three and the schedule is only going to get more difficult. And the Chargers look like the team to beat in this division. And there's no doubt in my mind right now. Most certainly. Jaden, any thoughts on why Patrick Mahomes struggled last night and why he's doing what he's doing so far this year? Uh, the Bills defense has been great this year. They've, yeah. they've, they've put together a really good year so far. This is a team that's been predicated on their offense. Throughout the last few years, they, you know, they didn't really make that many additions. They've just played a lot better this year. I don't know if it's been who they've played or what, but they've looked great. And they looked great last night. They had two picks on Mahomes. One of them bounced right off of Tyreek's hands. But if you want to talk panic meter with the Chiefs, it's probably it's probably a little bit lower for me, probably like seven or eight. Maybe if you're considering like if this is a team that's supposed to be like panic meter as far as are we going to get to the Super Bowl, it's at a 10 right now. Like this defense is bottom two bad right now. It They have no talent outside of two players. Frank Clark is the biggest waste of money probably in the NFL, which is super rare because you don't really see that kind of thing in the NFL because they'll just cut you. Um, but man, like they, they can't guard anybody and the bills offense is hard to guard anyway, but Josh Allen had 11 carries for like 60 yards last night. They used him three. They had three carries out of six on the first drive. They could have run it all game with ease. They could have done anything. They were just like, whatever I, I, we could do whatever, but I think what you got. the big concern with me is you talked about it, allowing 32.6 points per game. So what you're telling me is that the Chiefs need to get five touchdowns in every game to be able to win to eclipse that 32.6 points per game. And if you're turning the ball over, they turned it over four times in the Chargers game. They turned it over three or four times in this game. If you're turning the ball over like this, it's going to be difficult to beat teams because you're not going to have the ball for that long. And if you're playing teams that are dominating on the run game on, on the run game like the Ravens did like the Bills did with Josh Allen if you're playing teams that are controlling the clock it's almost impossible if your defense is just giving up this many points and you don't have as many possessions and you're turning it over on those possessions so that's why I think it's re- really really concerning uh that the turnovers are up the defense is giving up way too many points and the offense just can't catch up yeah yeah that's the and, truth and you lose Clyde edwards for a few weeks with the spring MCL yep yeah I mean, you mentioned CEH injury. Um, it's also a great time to mention some of other crucial injuries in this game. I mean, we have yet to receive some status updates on Tyreek Hill, who left the game with a knee injury. Not good. Uh-huh. And uh, Travis Kelsey left the game with a stinger, which I was listening to Stefania Bell on the ESPN Fantasy Focus podcast today. And a stinger can last anywhere. And we'll wait for Mitchell to get this official diagnosis. But it can last from anywhere between like a day to like a month. So, yeah. I mean, what would this Chiefs offense look like without Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey? I mean, I can't imagine. I can't. I literally can't picture it. Like, who does he throw to? Like, okay. Jaden's right. I mean, you're depending on a guy that hasn't played a football game in over a thousand days. I, it's, it's, it is, if those guys are out, Mahomes can only do so much. And if guys are dropping balls, he's turning over. There's no shot to work Super Bowl. 
what about the playoffs? Playoffs? Yeah. <laughs> they, are, are they going to even make the playoffs? That's a serious question. It's a serious question right now. That that I and and look, you know, living here in Kansas City, I see it firsthand. I see it from these Chiefs fans, and they're all concerned right now. They are all very very worried about what's going on because they're not used to this. I mean, they're what now one and two at home, and the only win was against the Browns because the Browns fumbled a snap on a punt. I mean they could easily be 0 and three at home right now. And, and the problems are extremely evident. And I've noticed it in the fan, in, in the stands, you're seeing multiple fights occur. You're seeing videos of these fighting occur. And I was talking to my girlfriend about it and she's sitting there saying like, we've never had this problem. I'm like, yeah, it's because the fans are getting frustrated with what's being displayed on the field and it's carrying over into the stands. So I think there's a, a, a big black cloud right over the city of Kansas city right now. Um, and I think it's, it is time to worry. Yeah, yeah. Well, but there is not. What you got? I was about to say they get a nice little reset button this week against Washington to fix all the issues. Yeah, my roommate. Uh, it's funny because he's an Eagles fan and he's playing Tampa Bay on Thursday night football, and we get the Chiefs. So yay! A clobbering of the NFC East this week, but it is what it is. But you mentioned the big black cloud over KC. Where there is not a big black cloud right now is in Buffalo. They are riding high, and we've mentioned multiple times so far, this Bills defense against one of the – not one of the best offense in the league did fantastic last night. They are now sitting overall for the season as the best defense in football, least points per game allowed at 12.8, just 12.8 points per game. And you mentioned the offense keeping up with the defense. I mean, that's very easy for this team to keep up with what they ha- with what they have on offense. But least total yards allowed to. They had pressure on Patty all night. It seemed like he just couldn't get comfortable in the pocket at all. He was rolling out a lot, but I guess a lot of that can be contributed to somewhat of an or a very inexperienced Kansas City line. But I mean, they proved they're legit last night against the best offense in football. And on the offensive side for Buffalo, Josh Allen makes his case for MVP in this game. On just 15 passes, which I cannot believe, 15 for 26, 315 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And we mentioned it earlier. He could have just run the whole game, like if he wanted to. Uh, He could have done anything to this offense and it would have been okay. He had 11 carries, 59 yards and a touchdown. He had that rush into the goal. Like that was a the goal line. Well, it wasn't a goal line carry. It's from like 20 yards out, but that was very impressive. He just stumbled into the end zone because he's six, four and he can run like a deer and it's phenomenal. He had that leap over the defender to get the first down. I mean, that's, I think there's an argument to be made that outside of Lamar Jackson, that Josh Allen is easily the most athletic quarterback in the league. Like, yeah, I would impress. Well, I think, um, Josh Allen might be the best quarterback in the league. Um, and I know that he might not be number one in the MVP voting right now, but what he's done over the last two to three seasons as a bigger sample size, I think he might be the best quarterback in the NFL right now. And some of those stories, I mean, just absolute dimes. I mean, he yeah. was, the, the spiral was tight. The, the windows were not the biggest. I mean, you know, we're talking about how bad the Chiefs defense is, but I mean, he was still making some throws that you're just like, wow. Like the, the throw to Dawson Knox, I think that he had on the sideline was just absolutely ridiculous. So I was extremely impressed with that. And, you know, you talk about his rushing ability and that's such a, because of his big body and his big stature, he is such a unique person to have a quarterback because obviously Lamar has the legs and is faster than Allen probably, but his body 
is going to be able to get him a couple more yards after contact more so than Lamar. So I think that mm-hmm. that combined with his passing ability, like I said, uh, the, in my opinion, I, I know that the Cardinals are undefeated, but I think the Bills are the best team in football. And I think that Josh Allen, from what he's done the last couple of years, uh, I think he's the best quarterback in football right now. I like it. Jaden, what you got on Josh Allen's performance last night? I mean, it's just – it's not even the accuracy. I mean, obviously that's important. But it's the way the ball comes out of his hand. He throws it 50 yards down the field like he's throwing a check down. Effortlessly. Like, it's, it's nuts. His arm is stupid strong. And it's accurate. And then he's making the right decisions. That was a problem with him coming out of, a col- out of college. That was a problem with him through his first two years in the NFL, really. He was making, you know, the wrong throws. He was accurate with his throws, but he was just making the wrong throws. And sometimes, you know, the strong arm was kind of a negative because he'd overthrow a lot of guys. He'd throw it in the back of the end zone sometimes because he's trying to fit a ball in and just airmails it. But he looked great less. I couldn't believe he threw only 15 passes either. Like that was like it felt like they were just he was just throwing it wherever he wanted all game. And I don't know if he didn't have to. He didn't have to throw for more than 15. He was like, whatever, man, I'll do it. I can do whatever I want to this defense right now. And that's literally what it felt like. And I don't know if that's testament to Bill's offense or the Chiefs defense just being awful. Chiefs defense. Probably a mixture of both. But the Bills offense has done this for now four straight weeks where they have completely so sliced up everyone. And I'm just saying the only team that did beat them was the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, I mean, Steelers gross. greater than Bills, who are the best team in the NFL. Gross. Um, gross, gross, gross. But, yeah, they put 35 nothing on the Dolphins, 43-21 to 21 on the Redskins, 41 Washington 40 football nothing. team. Yeah, 40 nothing Washington football team. Or 40, 40 nothing last week, 43-21 Washington football team. And now this. I have them at two in my power rankings just simply because the Cardinals are 5-0. and But if the Cardinals and Bills were both 4-1 and or the Bills were 5-0, and no discussion. Bills are the best team in football. I like it. I'm putting the Bills at one right now, despite the 5-0 and record for Arizona. Tyler? Yeah, that's that's I, I've got them right there. Um, I, I haven't looked at their schedule to see what they've got coming up, because I think I had this game circled as possibly the best game of the year, um, just because it was a rematch of the AFC championship and Tennessee and next week, then a bye. Tennessee and then a bye. So, you know, winnable game against Tennessee. It is in prime time. I do know that actually that, that I think it's Sunday night football next week. Um, so it'll be another Monday. Monday night football. So that'd be another opportunity to watch uh, the bills on prime time. But yeah, I, I, and like you said, Kane, this defense is balling out. They, they played Washington, Miami, Houston, and, and Pittsburgh, no offense, Jaden, but you know, not the strongest of all offenses. And then they played the chiefs and didn't miss a beat in my opinion. Good yeah. stuff. They've got Tennessee, then a bye. Then coming off the bye, they have Miami, Jacksonville, Jets. We could Go be Bills. looking at a nine and nine and one, eight and one team here before too long. Yeah, and it's not the Chiefs, believe it or not. Um, really quickly, I want to mention um, just because I'm a Stephon Diggs owner in fantasy in multiple leagues, he struggled in this game again. Two catches on five targets, 69 yards, but he had one 61 yard catch, and that carried that. So, I mean, there's it's just I think the problem is that. Emmanuel Sanders is becoming such a reliable target for Josh Allen, especially on the deep ball. Like he looks for him on the deep ball and where he used to look for Stefan. 
So I think the addition of Manuel or Emmanuel Sanders means something for Savon Diggs. I think it's negative, but I don't think it's overreaction theater yet. He's still one of the most targeted receivers in the league. So not cause for panic for Stefan, but I think Emmanuel Sanders definitely means bet. He, he does things that Cole Beasley could never do. Like Cole Beasley is not that deep threat. So, okay. Well, that does it for the premier matchups that happened in week five, but let's dive into some of these other games really quickly. Um, Falcons in London end up taking the dub 27 to 20 over the Jets. Um, finally, that Kyle Pitts breakout game finished with 119 yards and a touchdown. So finally signs of life for Kyle Pitts in the absence of Calvin Ridley. Next, we have the New Orleans Saints beating the Washington football team pretty handedly 33 to 22. Um, this Washington football team defense really quickly is the worst in the league, hands down, no questions about it. Eh, the Chiefs defense is da- is bad, and so is Seattle. Like, all right, on paper, we are a lot – I've said this all year. I've said this all year. On paper, we obviously were a great defense. We were a top-five defense coming into the year. But, I mean, so far there's a serious argument made that we are easily the worst defense in the league. Our secondary is absolutely terrible. Landon Collins sucks in pass coverage. So does Willie Jackson. Jameis threw four touchdowns against us. So I don't know what to say at this point. Watch the football team. And Taylor Heineke finally threw three interceptions in this game. I expected him to throw three against Atlanta because he threw very interceptable balls in the Atlanta game. And they should have been picked off. And he's been throwing balls like that all year. And it finally caught up to him against a interception-happy Saints defense. So, yeah. Yay, watch the football team. All right. Next, we've got Tyler's Vikings coming out on top of the Lions, 19-17 to in a game-winning field goal. What you got? Um, yeah, lucky. That's all I'm going to say. Lions should have won that game. Um Vikings were up 10 with, I believe, four minutes to go. Lions get a field goal. Then Madison fumbles on a third and seven on our own 20-yard line. And Lions take over with about two minutes to go, go down, get a touchdown. Then the man, Dan Campbell, decides to go for two, gets a two-point conversion. And then Kirk Cousins does some miraculous things, gets him a field goal range. And in a week where kickers were a theme of missing field goals, Joseph decides he's going to make a 54 yarder to win the game and sneak out the victory real quick. Uh, Vikings won 19-17. The Ravens also beat the Lions 19-17 on a game winning kick. So the Lions have just been decimated by these heartbreaking losses uh, week in Literally. and week out. It seems like, and I feel for them. Um, but uh, I'm I'm ecstatic that the Vikings get back to two and three, and maybe they'll make a little bit of a run here and, and get back to 500 next week. And who knows after that? I'm I'm still cautiously optimistic the rest of the year, but um, this was a much needed win. You lose this game, season's done. So kind of back on track, not entirely, but uh, we'll we'll see what next week holds. Good stuff. Good stuff. Also want to mention Dalvin Cook out in this game, last minute game time decision out with the ankle. And we've been talking up Alexander Madison a lot on this podcast, and he basically copies his production every time he replaces. The one thing I will say just from fantasy running backs, Derrick Henry is the best fantasy running back, and there's no debating it. The guy is durable. The guy does it year in, year out. You know what you're getting. You might not have the receiving, but what he does every year, every week, it's absolutely incredible. Um, and with Dalvin, with CMC, with Saquon, these guys are all getting injured and they can't play a full season. And um, the one guy that you know is always going to play a full season 
is that beast in Tennessee. Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, one, two for me. Easy. So, and Derrick Henry is starting to catch passes this year. So, interesting stuff. Next game we got is Jaden's Pittsburgh Steelers catching the dub 27 to 19 against the Broncos. Uh, what you got on this game? Uh, very happy. Not a, a game that I thought we should have won by a lot more than we did. We let him back in towards the end, gave him a final drive. Teddy Bridgewater drives all the way down with no problem. Uh, kind of gets halted around like the eight. And then James Pierre, who's a guy that has been talked very highly about by defensive coordinator, Mike Tom, defensive coordinator and Mike Tomlin. And, you know, a lot of Steelers fans, this is a guy that was undrafted that we've really am at a position that we really need. Uh, Najee played great. Claypool played great. We're going to lose Juju for the rest of the year. Big Ben is not dead yet. He's not dead. He gets seven days of no slander from anyone. <laughs> I will not accept it until next Sunday. We do have Seattle next Sunday on Sunday. I'll go football. in on that with you. I'll go okay. in on that with you. Yes. No slander okay. for seven days. Um, but, and there's not a, there's not a better time to be playing Seattle. They have, they're fresh off of Russell Wilson getting injured. Defense is awful. I'm surprised this game hasn't been flexed to like a different game being on Sunday night football yet. Cause no Russell Wilson and this Steelers offense being bad as it is, this isn't a marquee matchup anymore, but Hey, might be the only time we get to see the Steelers on prime time this year. Cause the Steelers Ravens clearly isn't an important matchup anymore, but yeah, good win. Happy to have it. Good stuff. Good stuff. Next game. We got Buccaneers blew out the dolphins 45 to 17, uh, Brady, after a tough week against New England, bounces back with five passing touchdowns. And A.B. caught two of those. A.B. really looking solid this year. Um, next game, Eagles catch the dub against the Panthers, surprisingly, 21-18. to 18. Uh, The Panthers drop their second straight, and Donald's throw, uh, Sam Darnold throws three interceptions in this game. Absolutely brutal. Um, two to Darius Slay. So Darius Slay has come back from the dead. Uh, Titans win against pretty handedly win against the Jaguars 37 to 19 um, as everyone predicted King Henry goes for 130 yards and three touchdowns AJ Brown struggles again in this game so get him off my fantasy team please real quick God. real quick what I will say uh, if you follow us on TikTok I did give out two bets on Sunday Chargers minus one and a half and Titans minus four and a half and both of those hit so if you did follow us on TikTok hopefully we made you some money uh, this past weekend that's the truth. That's the truth. Our betting specialists in house, Silo North, handing out some good picks. Next game, we got Patriots win a close one against the Texans, 25 to 22. Um, Patriots hit a, hit a game winning field goal, like you said, in a day that that was not very a common occurrence. But Davis Mills threw for three touchdowns in this game. So go, Davis Mills. Um, Bears win against the Raiders. Good call, Jaden. Uh, 20 to nine Raiders fall three and two, and it's going to get even worse with the loss of John Gruden and Justin Fields in this one throws his first NFL touchdown. So Justin Fields showing signs of life uh, Cowboys handily beat the giants 44 to 20. Absolutely brutal for the giants. They lose Danny dimes in this one, Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley and Kenny Galladay, Daniel Jones concussion, we don't know how he's going to be, but it looked super bad. He's wobbling around the field. I felt so bad for him. Uh, Saquon Barkley's ankle looks terrible. It's got the 
a softball size hemorrhage on the side. And then uh, Kenny Galladay had a hyperextended knee in this one. Um, but in the absence of all these playmakers, Kadarius Tony, I mentioned him in the TikTok that we will put out by the time you're listening to this. Uh, Kadarius Tony steps up on the playmaking side, 10 catches, 13 targets, 189 yards. I think Kadarius Tony is very similar to, and I know it's Giants wide receiver, like it's kind of biased, but I think he will be the best waiver wire pickup in the middle of the season since Odell Beckham in his rookie year. I think this will be easily the pickup of the year for the rest of the year. I think he's a first round draft pick and they have no one else to give the ball to. So I think Kadarius Tony gets a lot of work and he was absolutely like schooling these kids. Did you see his route against Trayvon? I was about to say these Trayvon Diggs elite, elite corners that we have here in Dallas. I know that hurt your soul to watch. No, it did not. It did not. It, uh, but I saw really good things out of Kadarius Tony and considering he's a first round pick and things are not looking good in NYG right now. Um, I'm taking Kadarius Tony as my waiver wire pickup of the week and possibly the year. Final game, Cardinals remain undefeated. They come out with the win, 17 to 10 over the 49ers. They're now sitting at five and zero. Um, D Hop for anybody who watched this game didn't have a great stat line, but absolutely mossed uh, Josh Norman to basically close the game out. So that's D that's D Hop for you. All right. Well, that does it for all of the recapping of the games that we had this week, but we're returning our segment of the game balls, which just hands out a game ball for each of us to either a unit or a individual player. But I'll start with Jaden. Go ahead. Who's your game ball? Who are you handing out your game ball to after this week of football? Uh, Mine is Justin Herbert. And this may seem like an obvious one because he probably had the best performance on a, on Sunday. Uh, but he is just continues to impress me from week to week. Like he looks better than the week before four touchdowns, almost 400 yards this week, a rushing touchdown as well beats a team that has legit Super Bowl aspirations. And he just keeps doing it week in and week out. He's, put himself right into the top two for MVP in my mind. And yeah, that's, that's my game ball. Justin Herbert. Good stuff. Tyler. Yeah. Um, my game ball is from the game that just concluded and that's Lamar Jackson. Can't say enough about the guy, what he was able to do um, this evening, coming back and beating the Colts in the way that he did. Um, I think we talked about it, you know, 340 yards, four touchdowns in the second half and overtime. And like I said, almost single-handedly propelled this Ravens team to the victory tonight. So uh, he might be number one, number two in the MVP race right now and absolutely gets my game ball this week. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, My game ball, I'm doing D-hop, going D-hop this week. Um, He had, despite the not fantastic stat line still won the game for him and proved why he's top three top two wide receiver in this league as far as talent goes I mean I'm giving my game ball to D hop all right well that does it for game balls this week but we're returning Tyler's north south segment as well so go ahead and take it away Tyler who are your pretenders and keen tenders yeah, uh, so we talked about it last week. We introduced a segment and we had the teams going north, trending upward, Cowboys and Bills, and both of them 
put out a display um, this past week to kind of fulfill that argument as far as them being a contender. And on the pretender side, as far as teams trending south, teams trending downward, we had the Dolphins and the Broncos both lost last week. So both of those teams, uh, as far as trending downward, were the correct call as well. Um, And then this week, um, I'm going with the Chargers, what they were able to do. uh, They've won four straight, I believe, or, or three, um, three straight, excuse me. They did lose week two to the Cowboys, um, but they are a formidable team right now. And they, uh, you know, definitely in the AFC West, I think they're the best team possibly in the AFC. They might be the best team as well. Um, them or the Ravens right now, I, I think are the two uh, juggernauts uh, in the AFC. Them, the, the Ravens and the Bills are, are the three juggernauts uh, in the AFC. So uh, Chargers uh, are, are right there. Um, the other team that I would say is the Packers. Uh, if they had lost, you know, this might be a different story. It hurts me to say it, being a Vikings fan, um, but the Packers have won four straight since that week one game where they got absolutely demolished by the Saints and everybody wanted to freak out and Rodgers came in and said R-E-L-A-X and they've been able to rip off four straight wins uh, and I believe they get Chicago next week, so a chance to get five straight. Um, the teams that are trending south teams that are trending downward number one the Raiders everything that's going on in Vegas right now with Gruden leaving uh it's going to be a, a bit of a distraction and unfortunately I think it's going to affect their play on the field we saw it this week against the Bears they got beat pretty soundly last week on Monday Night Football against the Chargers so I think the Raiders are a team that is going to have, have begun to start the downward trend and I think that's going to continue and the other team is the 49ers um, the 49ers started 2-0, and and they've lost three straight now, uh, and they're a team that lost Garoppolo. Trey Lance also had a knee injury, I believe, this past week, so mm-hmm. question mark there, uh, who they're going to go to, and I think he might be out multiple weeks, so uh, a, a big question mark at quarterback for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, and uh, it, it could be a bit of a dark time for them here in the next couple weeks as well, so Chargers, Packers trending in the right direction, Raiders, 49ers, unfortunately trending in the wrong direction. Nice, nice. Well, that does it for Tyler's North-South segment. And finally, we're going to dive into the Thursday night football game that we got coming up. And it's not a beauty. It's not a beauty, not going to lie to you. But, you know, it's a game. It's football. Uh, It's Tampa Bay, who's in at 4-1 at Philadelphia, who just caught a surprising win against the Panthers. They're now sitting at 2-3. and By the way, about Philadelphia, I think they are going to be our main competitor as far as in the division goes, I think the Cowboys are going to run away with it, but maybe we can compete for a wild card. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, but things to watch in this game. Can the Eagles secondary show more of what they did on Sunday against Sam Darnold? Um, they had three interceptions versus Darnold, uh, two interceptions for Darius Slay, as I mentioned. Um, this is an Eagles secondary that has been criticized for a long time now. Um, they've especially been criticized so far this year, but they stepped it up in this game against not the shabbiest of offenses. I mean, you got Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore, and Sam Darnold throwing the ball. So impressive performance by the Eagles secondary. Um, also, can the Bucks continue to manage with the injuries on their secondary? You got Carlton Davis sitting on IR, Sean Murphy bunting on IR, Antoine Winfield already been ruled out for this game. He's in concussion protocol. I mean, their secondary is definitely struggling. Richard Sherman is leading that secondary right now. So that's no great sign for Tampa Bay. Um, Also, Tom Brady's thumb injury. He injured his thumb in the first quarter against Miami, but it didn't appear to affect him too much because he still threw for 411 yards, five touchdowns. Um, But 
he was living in practice today. And Brady, despite all this, came out and said, I've certainly had worse. And there's a track record of Tom Brady playing through injury. Um, but, I mean, this is an old Tom Brady. But like I said, didn't affect him on Sunday. Also, can Antonio Brown, I mentioned him earlier, can he continue to impress so far this year, returning to almost, dare I say, prime A-B, prime A-B form? Uh, he had seven catches on eight targets, 124 yards, two touchdowns versus Miami. Um, he's had more than 120 yards and a touchdown in two out of four games this year. So impressive stuff out of Antonio Brown. Let's get into the spread for this game. Tampa Bay minus seven money lines. Tampa Bay minus 320. Philadelphia plus 250. And I'll go ahead with my pick. Um, despite Tom Brady's thumb injury, I'm taking Tampa Bay by a million. Tampa Bay spread money line for me. Tyler, what you got? Yeah, um, I mean, Tampa Bay obviously is probably one of the teams to beat in the NFC, maybe all of football. Um, I'm going to go with Philly on the spread plus seven, but I am going to go Tampa Bay on the money line. I think Tampa Bay wins, but I think Philly might be able to keep this a little closer than people might think. Hmm. What's the thought process behind that? I'm just curious. Um, I think they have a little bit more confidence on the defensive side. And with us talking about how depleted the uh, Tampa Bay secondary is, uh, I think Jalen Hurts, it's a little bit step up from Jacoby Brissett. Um, and I think that Jalen Hurts is going to be able to throw a little bit more than what we've seen. And mark my words, Kenneth Gainwell will have a very solid game in this game. I think he can go for 60 yards and a touch in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if he does more. And I'm waiting for the opportunity for him to take over the backfield full time from Miles Sanders here before too long. Gotcha. Jaden, who you got this week? First of all, Kane, please don't ever mention Prime AB before I start this <laughs> podcast. But um, I'm actually going with Tyler as well. I'm taking the Eagles on the spread, but the Bucks on the money line. The Eagles have kind of impressed so far this year. This was a team that I did not have high expectations for at all. But they've actually allowed the third least passing yards through the first five weeks. Granted, this is Tom Brady, so a little different. But you know, they've looked good, and I think Jalen Hurts might actually have a pretty big day, both on the ground and in the air. Nice, nice. So we got two uh, Tampa Bay or taking the Philadelphia spread. I like it. I like it. And they gave the Chiefs a hell of a competition, too, despite them dropping so many points on them. But they kept up with them. So good stuff. Good stuff. All right, guys. Well, that does it for this episode. Uh, just want to mention at the end here, we got a Jersey giveaway going on right now. Um, if we reach 100 followers on Instagram and you like the post, you are eligible to receive a free Jersey courtesy of the Blitz podcast. So go ahead, go check out our Instagram at Blitz pod. Um, go ahead and like that Jersey giveaway photo and refer your friends, um, share, Tag your friends in the comments. Uh, once, as soon as we get hit a hundred flowers, that free Jersey is going out. So keep an eye out for that. Keep an eye out for our TikTok. Uh, got a waiver wire pickout coming up tomorrow. And with that, that does it. Good stuff, boys. Catch you later.